Dziękuję. Jak się masz? It's very nice to be in Formula One. Nick Heidfeld is very strong man, very sexy man. I like his big beard. I like him very much. My name is Robert. Robert Kubica. High five. Get out of Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. With me, Zog and Richard Porter. Hey, so have you seen this thing about uh, Renault Clios and the bonnets opening uh, without you wanting them to on the motorway? Hardly. Well, this is this is an incredible thing. Um, about a year ago, the Watchdog program on uh, BBC One discovered that um, you're driving on the motorway at 70 and they've got these people that the bonnet on their clear would just fly open, smash into the windscreen. You can't see where you're going, and people were having crashes and stuff. It was terrible. Renault denied there was a problem. And now, a year on, uh, their PR guy, a bloke called Graham Holt, has quit the company over this, and he's blown the whistle on them. And apparently uh, he's got emails that prove Renault knew there was a problem, and in the UK they were prepared to act on it. Oh. But the French head office said no and told them just to keep stum. The problem is the catch rusts in a period of about three to four years, and it just doesn't hold the bonnet shut. Oh. This is a pretty, it's a pretty it's big a major, kind of major thing. liability, yeah. potential liability. I mean, the, uh, I mean, has anybody been hurt as a result of... They've uh, just found uh, out that there was someone in South Africa who had the same problem with, I think, a hire car, went off the road, the driver was put into a coma, and her passenger was killed. It's the first death they've discovered from it, but there have been a lot of cases. They're saying a 1,000 owners have written into the BBC about it. Wow. And there are uh, nearly half a million of these Clios in the UK alone. Here's a thought. They don't sell the Clio in the States, do they? I don't no. think you can buy the Clio oh, in any do. form. No. That would kill, wouldn't it? Yeah. The Renault well, Motor Company. Here's yeah. another stat for you that they reckon to recall the half a million cars in the UK. And this is just the UK. Uh, it would cost the company £25 million to replace the bonnet catches. However, Renault uh, made £2 billion last year in the UK. So, you know, they could afford it. They're just acting on orders from Paris not to do anything about it and admit liability. Well, they, don't have, to pay a lon- they don't have to pay Alonso this year. <laughs> you know, they, they've true. got some money. Saved, they've saved a packet there. So, yeah, but uh, no, it's an unbelievable case. And it really, uh, but the most interesting thing is that uh, an insider and a high-ranking insider quit and spilled the beans. And, of course, it leaves them in this very, very difficult PR situation of trying to put a brave face on what is, frankly, an enormous cock-up. Yeah, sounds like it. And so so what is the official Renault line at the moment? Are they, well, are they sort of saying, oops, sorry, guys? No, we... they're not. They're now writing to all Clio owners and saying, do look after you. Come into a dealer and we'll, we'll make sure your bonnet catch is up to scratch. But their initial get-out was that the bonnet catch is a maintenance item and... Uh, People should be maintaining them, but uh, what's so the point wear and tear. Yeah, but there's nothing in the handbook, and it's not on the service schedule that the dealers have to uh, maintain the bonnet catch. So you know they're kind of uh, over a barrel there, and yet they're still furiously denying that you know that they're really at fault and there should be a recall. To be clear, they haven't admitted that there is a fault with the bonnet no, catches. No, they're saying, although it they, seems fairly obvious that there is. That yeah, is, is the bottom yeah, line. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's you know I, I think it's in yeah. its own way. I can't remember the last time this happened. You know, it's like Ford Pinto or something where there was a major fault. Well, the Firestone tyres. Yeah, uh, Firestone tyres are probably the most recent one. You know, all those are happening in the states. But the first time I can remember in Europe, there's been a sort of major fault with a car that could affect safety uh, that they uh, won't recall and it's all mm. but then somebody from the inside has blown the whistle on them and they're really up the creek and it's going to be interesting to see how this develops but as it stands yeah quite a, quite a shocker for Renault there okay so are we all uh, ready for the annual Renault employee Easter party ah uh, ouais I have the Easter egg <laughs> the amusing small fluffy chickens oh, so cute. and the Easter bonnets Oh, oh no, oh, yeah. 
what, what, what happened? Oh, this bonnet just flew up and hit me in the face. This strap is clearly very badly designed, has gone rusty, and has failed. Oh dear, that could hurt someone. Mais oui, what should we do about this? Um, I know. Nothing. Boom. Boom. That happened to me once in my Deschavaux, actually. It, uh, really? Yeah, I was driving along the motorway, uh, fell asleep, and I woke up just as the bonnet <laughs> flipped up. Hang on, 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 hang yeah, uh, just uh, and it's very soporific. You know, so it's the, a really the, good the job. Bottom the bottom of the A1M. came up. Did it wake you up, or you woke up and then the? No, no, no. Came no up. It was a really bad thing because as I woke up, you know, I was I couldn't see anything out of the windscreen. All I knew was that I because you know my, my last memory had been of driving the motorway. Yeah, you know, imagine you wake up and you suddenly realise that you have driven your car off the motorway and that the, the bump of driving off the motorway has flipped the bonnet up. <laughs> uh, it's remarkable how quickly you figure out that you must have run onto the left-hand side of the road, not the right. Therefore, you should steer to the left in order that you don't go back into the road. And a moment later, you know, you hit the barrier and the AA truck that's been following you for the last couple of miles watching you weave over the road, you know, pulls up and Like assistance. a vulture. Can I can I just ask, Richard, have you ever had any experience of falling asleep at the wheel? I did. I, oh, do you know, weirdly, because Zog fell asleep in a TCV, I fell asleep in an old school Mini on the M6 once oh. and was woken up by those little rumble strips on the hard shoulder. And that's <laughs> how they do their job, yeah. particularly in a Mini, because it sort of makes your teeth fall out. But a friend of mine, or a friend of mine's younger brother, um, was went somewhere clubbing and stayed up late and then was driving back in the early hours of the morning and fell asleep at the wheel. And he was woken up by the car jolting around quite a lot, which was the result of it actually travelling across a ploughed field. <laughs> hey! <laughs> he must be in an additional as well. He just yeah. came completely off the road and across a ploughed field. I was uh, driving back from Sheffield in a transit van in 1980 <laughs> with a friend, and we'd done this journey about four times in 24 hours, moving equipment. And... Uh, uh, I'd stopped driving because I saw a, a, a kind of 1850s American steam train coming the other way. I was hallucinating. <laughs> I was so tired. So we swapped so over. So tired. Yeah, okay. we, very tired. So we swapped <laughs> over and my buddy was, was driving. And after a while, I, I could see these eyes were closed. I mean, we're going along the motorway. I said, Red, Red, wake up. You're asleep. He said, no, I wasn't asleep. I was just resting my eyes. <laughs> Those are the lies. That's what you tell yourself. Exactly. You know, that, that's what you tell yeah. yourself. The lies your brain tells you. Uh, falling asleep at the wheel, not big, not clever. No, no. no, 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 no. Kids. And in all seriousness, the thing is, you know, one of the reasons why it, it actually can be so easy to do is that uh, when you get into that zone when you're in danger of falling asleep at the wheel, mm. you lose your ability to judge whether you're going to do it or not. You know what the advice is? Uh, wind the window down. Have a drink of coffee. Listen to Gareth Jones on Speed as a podcast. Wake up! <laughs> hey! That's yeah. an important safety message. Now. Thanks, Richard. Uh, thanks, Doc. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. goodbye. Uh, before we go, here's a little piece of music that we recently discovered. It appears to be um, an ode to the Irish Formula One team, Jordan. And it's performed by someone who sounds like Kevin Rowland and Dexie's Midnight Runners. Surely it can't be them for real, can it? See you next time. Ooh, la, 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 la
the three-day working week. We were set for John Bryson, we checked for John Watson, but not for Jim Clark, because he's a Scotsman, and Jordan went racing, and then we were keen, his accent was Irish, his cars were all green. Sold to Midland, I admit I felt a bit sick. Uncomfortable truth that I knew had to face. My favourite GP team would no longer race. Irish. I'll be back. Did I mention that I bought myself a new home now? Oh, where's that, Mr. Jordan? Everywhere, Kevin. Everywhere. Would you like to see my collection of toupees? 
Gareth Jones on speed was a whiz-bang production with projected passion. (laughs) 